When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? It's another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 42. My name is Eugene. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Genius. That's G E N E S. Also, the official Twitter handle at Off the Line FF. And as always, I got my host, Ike. How you doing today, man? How you feeling? And also, you can follow him at just underscore Ike09. Feeling good, man. Feeling good. Uh, you know, we're, we, we just wrapped up week two, a very, very crazy week two going into week three. We did have two shitty Monday night football games last night, <laughs> both blowouts. Both weren't even close, both weren't even competitive. And, you know, I, I do like the format. I do like the format of the double header, you know, one starting early at 615, the other one starting at 730. I think that's something they should adopt moving forward. That's just my opinion. But put better games on, right? Put better games. <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, look, we had we had we had players we like we wanted to see, right? You know, Justin Jefferson, we had AJ Brown, we have Josh Allen that Bills and that Bills offense, Derek Henry uh, on the Titans. That's basically it. I mean, you know, and also, you know, Dalvin Cook and the Vikings as well. But those games were not good. Those games weren't good. Buffalo dominated. Stephon Diggs is the wide receiver one right now. Him and Josh <laughs> Allen. I feel like they're just going to they're just going to obliterate, obliterate their 2020 production because they're they are just off to a fast and I mean fast, fast start. Stephon Diggs is 35 and a half points per game. Through his first two, so it's it's crazy, it's crazy production, and I yeah, and I and I had the and I had the pleasure of going up against Stefan Diggs in three leagues this week. So, <laughs> needless to say, those were actually four leagues, four leagues. I had I had so I had I went against Stefan Diggs in four leagues, and I went went up against Josh Allen in, in, in another three. So yeah, L's upon L's upon L's. So go figure. <laughs> 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 yeah, these uh set of games were were they were all right. Uh yeah, like you said the Monday night game was was dreadful. Once you got to, you know, about the second quarter, you can already see who was the who was the uh the elite team and who wasn't. Uh we saw we saw Kurt Kurt Cousins on on when the when the lights are the brightest show up again and not Prime time Kirk in the building. <laughs> he showed up and showed out by doing not a damn thing but throwing picks. Mm-hmm. So that was that was that was god awful. Um, another thing that we saw was Sunday night. I we got to tell the NFL to stop putting this the Packers and Bears game, and it has not been good. And I how don't many give years? a shit. I don't Bro. give a shit about the about that rivalry. Stop putting no. them on. It's it's yeah. usually the worst game on prime time that week. Like just stop it. Just Bro. stop it, please. It always please. reminds me of a regular Thursday night game, but you got it on Sunday night, man. We don't want to oh. see it anymore, man. Is enough. Make that a make that game a 12 p.m. You know when you put it on red zone is one of them games that it barely cuts back to because they ain't shit the show. Exactly. Just, Nobody's just in the red it. zone. 
none of that. <laughs> you know, we don't like, want to see it. We don't want to see it. We don't, I, the only people that I want to see in that game is Aaron Jones and Justin Fields. That's it. I don't give a damn about anybody else. <laughs> Just stop it, please. And, and even that, only one of them showed up on that game too. So, yeah. And we'll, we'll, yeah, and we'll definitely we'll get we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to why that that took place. <laughs> As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and get get into that. Justin Fields only threw eleven passes on Sunday night. Like, what the hell is that offensive coordinator doing? That's this is nothing. You know, this is a far cry from what we saw in the preseason with you know what they started to do with you know rolling him out and throwing throwing the ball down the field, and getting him in space. What the hell is this? Eleven pass attempts in a game that they were trailing most of the time they weren't even they weren't even trying they weren't even competitive they weren't even trying to be competitive i just i I don't understand what they're both both regimes so far have handled justin fields so badly so badly you traded up you gave up all that draft capital to get him and you're treating him like this you're you're not surrounding him with 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 talent and then you're suppressing his 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 skill sets and making him a robot and just hand the ball off and get out of the way. And he is much more capable, much more capable than that. Like I I don't I don't I don't get what they're doing. It's crazy. Uh, it's like Matt it's like Nagy actually did better so far, which is really I mean, you have to be really shitty to 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 not even beat out what the job that Nagy did. So uh. I mean, I mean, think about it. You know, you go across you you look across the league and you see all these quarterbacks. They just have easy time. They have such an easy time playing quarterback. They get a lot of easy throws. They get a lot of easy contact uh, uh, concepts. A lot of RPOs. I mean, what? What? Why can't Justin Fields have some of those easy throws and e- you know easy easy concepts? I don't get it. I just don't get it. Makes no sense to me. But yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm, get, I'm getting worked up. <laughs> uh. Uh, some other things that that kind of happened this past week that we want to touch on, you know, just you know, the A Rob bounce back. I know I had called that. I, I was hoping to see a top twelve performance, but I mean, he at least we know he's breathing again yeah. uh, with the performance he had versus Atlanta. It, also in that same game, we already know Drake London. He's the number one, and in Kyle Pitts is Drake London in the offense, man. And then also we saw the Raiders, you know, choked away that that game in the second half, which was pretty amazing to do to be up fifteen and. All of a sudden, you just lose an OT. You have the uh, coach Belichick, supposed to be offensive genius, and Josh McDaniels, and this dude just like played not to lose the whole second half, and he lost. So. And that's how you lose. That's exactly yeah. how you, you play not to lose. You you end up losing more often than not. Yeah, staying in prevents, running, trying to run the clock out, first first and second down runs, third third down pass, punt. That's what's going to happen, and that's what happened to the Raiders. They and and plus. <laughs> and the thing is, that game was so weird because the Cardinals, they kept making mistakes while they were coming back. They kept making yeah. all these inex- all these unforced errors while they were on the comeback. And the Raiders still let them, still let them do it. Still yeah. let them do it. But yeah, it was, it, was, it was crazy. And then another thing that we saw, like, during that, during that same 3 o'clock window, Russell Wilson looks like shit right now. <laughs> he does not look good at all for that Denver Broncos offense. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was the altitude or something. He was only 14 to 31 against the Texans. <laughs> and the yeah. fans were booing him. Booing. Yeah, they were Yeah, it was because all them times they kept getting to the red zone, they couldn't do shit. 
man. Only Couldn't winning do a damn thing. Nine, only winning sixteen to nine. That yeah, I I don't I don't know what's going on with Russ. Maybe it's just trying to adjust to these these new weapons. Maybe we, maybe it's not as seamless as we would have liked. Cortland Sutton had a good game though. He had seven catches, one hundred and twenty-two yards. So he's feeding Cortland Sutton. He, Cortland Sutton is not, is, you know, he's he's had a couple of uh, good games back to back. So that, for whatever that's worth, Cortland Sutton seemed to be. We we seem we seem to have been have been right on who's going to be the number one in Denver with Russell Wilson at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, uh, it took Jerry Judy to get hurt to really see Sutton shine. But yeah, um, I mean, yeah. as you can see. Uh, Sutton is definitely one of them guys for sure. Uh, another thing that we noticed was, you know, Brady also looked like shit. Um, <laughs> but of course, he always he's looked like shit every game he's played against the Saints since he's been in Tampa Bay. So of course, go figure. Another game where where he doesn't look like look like a a, a top quarterback. He looked like shit. And of course, they were dealing with injuries and people being out. So he was throwing to guys that he we've already seen in the past that he doesn't like throwing to. Scotty um, Miller. Yeah, Scotty dropping, Miller. Dropping passes. Bashad Perryman. Uh, you know, just a bunch of just guys. Um, but they pulled out that game. Um, yeah. And then the, the 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 major news that happened in that 3 o'clock window, or, or just overall from the past week, is that we saw Trey Lenz get hurt. He dislocated his ankle the, you know, pretty much the first quarter of that game. And it looked, I mean, it was pretty, pretty, pretty nasty seeing that ankle just, you know, just dangling. But it's sad. I know for you know redraft and dynasty owners, we were hoping for a lot of big things from them, and you know it's been taken away from us. And now Jimmy G comes in, so I know a lot of people have been been asking a bunch of questions, especially for teams that you know put all their eggs in the Trey uh, Trey Lance basket. Like where where to, where do they go to now? So yeah, um, hopefully hopefully you if you're in them one quarterback redraft leagues, hopefully you had had another quarterback on your roster at least just for you know just just in case i know in our in our home league i i had i had one on the roster so i'll be all right but it does suck to see Traylon's you know season ending injury and it's going to be another him another year of him not playing football so it'll be interesting to, to see what how he's handled going into next year so from one quarterback whose season is over to a couple of quarterbacks whose seasons are blossoming Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts balling the hell out, balling pay the them. hell out. Pay them, pay them <laughs> ASAP. Well, hey, Lamar Jackson said, "Hey, I'm not negotiating during the season." So, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna make he's gonna make the Ravens pay him every single dime, every touchdown pass he throws, every 79 yard touchdown run that he has. He's gonna it just keeps adding dollar signs. And adding zeros to the end of that figure. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that game was that super wild. We'll get to more. We'll get to that. You know, we'll get to more of that game here in a little bit. And then Jalen Hurts basically showing what he showed last year as from from a from a dual threat standpoint. And he dominated the Vikings last night at three touchdowns over three hundred plus yards in total offense. He's currently the QB three overall. Lamar Jackson's the QB two. So these guys are are just as advertised. They were bargains in the fifth, the fifth round in, in in redraft leagues. And if you guys have these players on your roster, kudos to you. Kudos to you. You probably drafted them where they were supposed to be drafted. And you probably are either two and oh, you're probably two and oh. You're probably undefeated. So congrats, con- congrats to you guys. Yeah. Um, real quick, I just want to hit on these rookie wide receivers. I know 
compared to last year, these ones are making an impact pretty, pretty quickly, which is really surprising. I, I know for uh, just to kind of go down the list, we got Olave. I mean, this past week, we just saw him have 14 targets and over 300 air yards. Uh, he was in very rare air company in terms of a, a wide receiver that, that have that many yards in one game. Uh, we've seen Garrett Wilson also uh, get 14 targets this past game. He was eight for 102 and two touchdowns. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Joe Flacco, he, I, somebody must have talked to him between game one and game two. He's like, hey, um, get this guy the ball. So sure. and that's exactly what, what happened. Uh, like we said earlier, Drake London came out and he really balled versus the, the Rams. Um, every time I looked on a clip or turned into the game, I saw London – beating Ramsey or or giving somebody some work for for some yardage so mm-hmm. you know eight for six eight for 86 in the touchdown man he he looks good man he looks ready to go already yeah. uh Jahan Dotson back-to-back games with at least one touchdown just did it again and making great grabs over over defenders at that and then also Traylon Burks I know people were worried about him and you know we've seen him he got in he got working early in that in that uh Bills game but uh, unfortunately, he got out of hand very early, and he, you know, they pretty much didn't use him in the second half. So, yeah, they're all all these guys are first round picks. Olave went eleventh, Garrett Wilson tenth, London eighth, D- uh, Dotson sixteenth, Burks eighteenth. So they're all having an immediate impact. I know Traylon Burks, his uh, I think his targets per route run are really really high. They're going. It's 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 time to unleash him. It's time to make him the focal point in the offense. Yeah. And, uh, speaking of, and speaking of offensive focal points, um, we ha- we had a little bit of a flip in the Rams' backfield. A little bit of a flip. You know, Cam Akers decided to arise, you know, rise from the dead a little bit. Had 18 touches to you know Darrell Henderson's uh, 10 um, in the game against the Falcons. But you know, Darrell Henderson still played more snaps, 55 to 45. But this is a situation to monitor in the, in the coming weeks. You know that you know we we had. You know, week one, Cam Akers had three touches, zero yards. You know, Darrell Henderson, 82% of the snaps to Cam Akers, 18. So I think this is going to be a volatile situation moving forward. Yeah. What do you think the 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 people that are listening, what do you think how they should handle these these players in terms of putting them in their starting lineups? Treat them as no more than flex plays until you know yeah. for facts. You can't have one as an RB2 or whatever because it, it just it's just it's just kind of risky. But I, I yeah. would treat, I would treat them as flex plays for now. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with you there, especially with how bad their their run blocking is, um, even dating back from last year. So yeah, definitely flex plays. All right, which leads us, you know, to our fantasy MVP LVPs of the week. Uh, the person that we want to touch on for our MVP is you know Tua T. You know, touchdown Tua. That's why I want to call him right now. Tua, <laughs> Homie put up thirty six of fifty. 469 yards, six touchdowns, two INTs, you know, led led the, the Dolphins back from the abyss. Uh, they were down 35-14 going into the fourth quarter, 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter, in fact. And yeah. somehow they they dug themselves out. I think in that fourth quarter alone, he had 200 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> bro. That's just silly, man. It's That's just silly. it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh right now, Tua, you know, he's he's shutting down all the haters that we were talking. I know. I was down a little bit in terms of how this offense was going to look like, uh, you know, Tyreek telling us that he's the most accurate quarter he's ever played with. And people were just like, huh, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but right now, he's, you know, I wouldn't say the most accurate, but he's definitely putting up numbers. He's definitely backing up all the talk that he 
that he was talking about his quarterback before the season started because, I mean, this offense is, is firing on all cylinders. I mean, you got basically the, 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 the number one, number three receiving yard leaders on the same roster right now. Uh, two was tied for second with six completed passes over 25 yards. He's first in passing yards. He's third in yards per attempt with over eight, which is only five quarterbacks right now in the league. And he's one of them that's that having eight yards per attempt. So, I mean, I, I mean, there's really nothing else to add right now. Two is he's he's doing he's doing he's doing the Lord's work with with these two wide receivers at the uh, running, you know, running all cylinders and the the prime focal points of this offense. I always believed in Tua, just FYI. I, I, I thought he was being hated on way too much. But, you know, we didn't think that 500 yards and six touchdowns was going to happen. But we do. We, we, did have a, we did have an idea that, look, if, if he can, if this offense can, can, can move around Tyreek Hill, move around Jalen Waddell, create, create a lot of uh, mismatches, there's going to be some fireworks. They, they could have a lot of success. And we're seeing, we, we basically saw the seal being broken on how these two speed demons are going to be deployed on a weekly basis. They're going to put pressure on defenses from here on out. Hell, even Mike Kosicki got in on the action. He yeah, even got he in on the action. But he's he's still not playing enough enough snaps to even be relevant. I think yeah. that was just one of those one of those things where he just Tua was just throwing touchdown passes all over the field and Mike Kosicki's, you know, 6'6, 260 pound frame decided to jump in the air and grab two of them. I think he had, did he have two touchdowns? I think he had two touchdowns. Uh, I can't remember who had the, I can't remember who had the sixth one, but I know uh, Waddle and Hill. Waddle and Hill both had two touchdowns. So, yeah. Uh, I, I think he might've had, I think he might've had the other two, but either way, he, he got, he, he lucked into some touchdowns. And so, but just switching gears, we, we, we have to highlight a fantasy LVP now, unfortunately. And I'm going to highlight two players. That pretty much sucked ass this past weekend. Uh, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan for the Colts. They're 0-2, and they look directionless right now. Matt Ryan has the least fantasy points for quarterbacks, for all for all qualifying, qualifying starting quarterbacks. Uh, 16 of 30, 195 yards, and three interceptions against the Jags. Being shut out in Jacksonville, 24 to nothing. Woof. Woof, right? Woof. Yeah, and I think this is the seventh or eighth straight time that the Colts have lost in Jacksonville. If I if I if I just saw that stat before the before the game started, I would have just put my four one k on that shit. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, Jags money line. They're only three point favorites on the road, uh, three point dogs at home. I should yeah. I should have known. But Matt Ryan, and now I know he was missing Michael Pittman. To be fair, he's missing Michael Pittman. But even last week, he struggled against the Texans. And could even beat the Texans. And so Matt Ryan, fantasy LVP. And then we're going to add primetime Kirk Cousins because he upped his, upped his record to 2-10 and 10 in, in, in Monday Night Football. In Monday Night Football games, he's really, really bad on Monday nights. Three interceptions. Just the, the whole Vikings offense, would just they were just out of sync from the, from the jump. He had that one, you know, he had that one lucky touchdown to, to Irv Smith, who was... Who seems to be fantasy relevant now? But who knows? I don't know if they're going to be trailing every game like this. But hey, it's something to watch. Something to watch in the future. But primetime Kirk and Matt Ryan are fantasy LVPs of the week. All right, people. Now we on the segment of the show we call cap or no cap. Cap is another word for lying. So if I give you a line like 
you know, Kirk Cousins balled out versus the Eagles on Monday night last night. Ike will follow up with saying, cap, all cap. <laughs> because we know Kirk Cousins never shows up on prime time. So, all right. <laughs> First statement, I can start Donnell Mooney versus the Texans week three. Cap or no cap? I think I'm just going to have to sit him. I'm going to sit him. I, I, I just have to see more. I know the Texans, is, they, they seem like they're a, a pretty good matchup for wide receivers. But until I see some pass volume in Chicago, I got I to gotta sit everybody that I own. Well, he's the only person that I own in Chicago outside of uh, maybe David Montgomery and Justin Fields on a couple of benches. But Darnell Mooney's on the bench for me. I, 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 can't, I can't start him. Two catches for five yards in two games on five targets. Only 28 total pass attempts. No thanks. I can yeah, find other receivers. Yeah, I think I have to also see it too. I mean, I'll have to say uh, cap on this one. Um, I need to see it first. 28 passing attempts is like, that's like high school type stuff, man. Like, that's bad. That's really bad. I, again, like I said, I just couldn't believe that we could see an offense run as worse as what Matt Nagy did. Hopefully this is, you know, the training so, wheels figure. Right. I don't know, man. I, I don't I even. Hope, have, <laughs> yeah, I hope it can't get any worse than this. Like, <laughs> come on, <laughs> this is bad. All right, let's get to the next one. Elijah Moore is still startable. It's still a startable wide receiver, cap or no cap? Yeah, I, I think I think he still is. I'm, but again, I'll I'll say that with the caveat of this is probably he needs to show it. He needs to show it this week. He's on the field all the time. He's played he's played the most snaps out of all the wide receivers. But he's only fifth in target share and fifth in yards per route run on the team. I mean, his eight out is ten point four, which is cool. But he needs to he needs to start getting he needs to start producing. Forty nine yards and 40, 41 yards in, in, in consecutive games is is not going to cut it, especially with all the you know with all the expectations that he has. I know he was only drafted in the, with the sixth round. I drafted a ton of Elijah Moore, and I'm still waiting on him to 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 have that one game to remind us. Hey, look. I'm still an elite prospect. I, I'm still elite at beating man coverage. So the, I am still going to start him this week. And this is probably going to be the last week I start him if he doesn't produce until I see some production. But, you know, again, the, the positive things going in his way is that he's on the field the most out of all the wide receivers. So that at least count, accounts for something. And we've seen his talent profile. And so I'm, it's, it's, a, it's a wait and see for me. Uh, I mean, well, after after this week, if he doesn't if he doesn't produce, yeah, man, um, I'm on the same boat with you, man. I, I I think you can start him this week. I mean, the Jets, I mean, they're running the second most plays in the league at 73, uh, first in dropback. So it's just weird that you know Joe Flacco's spraying the ball all over the place, but but Elijah Moore's only managed to, to average 12 uh, 12 12 percent target share, so. I need to see something or he, he might be watching with Darnell Mooney. So, and the last statement I got for you, Tom Brady is benchable this week. Cap or no cap? No, it's no cap. I'm benching the shit out of him. <laughs> if I got Tom Brady, I'm benching him. Can't trust him. He's currently QB 29. Mike Evans just got suspended. We don't know what we're going to get out of Chris Godwin. He's banged up. Julio Jones is banged up. It only took him one game to get hurt. Only took him one game to get hurt. I'm a huge Julio guy, but man, that guy cannot stay healthy for shit, man. He cannot yeah. stay healthy for shit. But yeah, I, I can't trust Tom Brady in that offense. His pass attempts are significantly down since you know over, since last year. 
He only has two touchdowns on the season. And I think at this point last year, he probably has like six. He was the QB three overall last year. So all that pass volume dialed back significantly. I cannot trust Tom Brady right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you there. Um, I mean, they did warn us about that he was going to be passing less. I just didn't think it was actually going to happen with, you know, all the weapons they had they brought in. And, I mean, obviously some of them are hurt. But, I mean, yeah, he, yeah, I, I have to bench him this week, man. They're playing the Packers. Doesn't look like he's going to have his main at least two wide receiver options, maybe three. Uh, versus that Packers defense, it could be a, a really you know slugfest in terms of the type of the scores that we, you might see from there. Because right now, it, it's looking like it's a the total is only forty one, so doesn't seem like they're expecting too much scoring happening in that game. So yeah, I think I'm benching them for somebody else this week. Yeah, absolutely. So the next segment we want to get to matchups to attack. Talk to me nice. The first one, the first one we want to get to is the Eagles versus that. Terrible Washington defense. Just <laughs> anything, just passing, running, whatever you name it. The, the Eagles, starch the Eagles, obviously, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, uh, Devonta Smith, AJ. Start start them all because they're they are probably going to get you a lot of fantasy points. This is gonna have a I think this has a high, I believe this has a high total, uh, a high over under. Let me check. 47 is a decently high over over under. It's a little bit. It's a. It's a little bit up there, but you know the the Washington Washington Commanders. They allow over four yards before contact per rush, and that's the most in the league, and the second most yards per carry. And so that running game for the Eagles, Miles Sanders. I mean, for a lot of people who 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 have shitted on him, who have shitted on him this offseason, he's played pretty well. I think he has back to back games with over ninety yards rushing. I, I believe. Yeah. And so yeah, he's 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 cooking. He's cooking now. He's cooking now. And then, you know, Jalen Hurts has the highest scramble rate in the league. So he's going to get on the edge a little bit. And, you know, and the, and the commanders, they're also allowing the fourth most air yards per game. And they're 11 in passing yards allowed. So this is a, a smash spot for the Eagles, all Eagles, uh, all Eagles skill guys. They have a pretty decently sized advantage in this one. Yep. All right. And the next matchup I want to talk. We know talk to you nicely about is the Vikings versus the the Lions pass defense. Uh, this total is a fifty three over under, so they're expecting fireworks happening all through this game. It's a divisional game. Uh, the Lions have allowed forty one fantasy points per game to wide receivers, which is ninth most. They have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks and passing yards. Uh, Justin Jefferson. I know we've been hearing about the, his home and away splits. Justin Jefferson's averaged 107 yards per game at home and 94 yards per game versus the Lions at home. So just expect this dude to, you know, rebound for what he did uh, on Monday night. This is definitely a rebound spot for him. I think you can go back, go back to the Kirk Cousins well, start him since it's not a primetime game, start Jets, start <laughs> Cook. <laughs> you can start Irvin Smith and Thielen if you have if you if you have to. Those are three ifs for Eric yeah. Smith for sure. Because yeah. again, he looked good on Monday, but again, uh, I know he's still coming back from his his injury. He didn't get to run with the offense that much, so I think they're still working him in. Um, so if you have if you have a spot for him, if you have to start him, then you can start him. Also for Thielen too, I would be cautious about starting him. But if you have to, you can start him. Yeah, and on the other side of this matchup. The Lions, they actually have a, a good matchup on their end as well against the Vikings secondary, especially 
the sun god, Amon Ra St. Brown. But one thing we want to look, you know, one thing that we want to we want to think about and one thing to look towards, can Amon Ra break the NFL record for most consecutive games with eight receptions? Right now, mm. the, the record is eight. It's tied with Cooper Cup. He already has a record for eight straight games with eight catches and a touchdown. But can he break the record of eight, you know, just eight straight receptions, period? I mean, he has just been absolutely unstoppable this season. Last, you know, last week he had nine catches, 164 yards. I mean, it's it, it's and, and two touchdowns. Like he he was he was just dominant. He's been dominant for you know his, his eight straight game of over 30 percent target share, 30 percent, 30 percent. That's not even that's not even elite. That's like super elite. That's like that's superstar status. That's Devontae Adams. That's Stephon Diggs. That's Justin Jefferson type, type elite. This this guy has been producing. Doesn't matter who is in or out of the lineup, but that's that's one thing to 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 watch. Are they going to stick Patrick Peterson on him? Are they going to shade a safety over him? Are they going to double team him? What are they going to do? What are the what are the what is that Vikings secondary going to do with Amon That's all I want to know. That's all I want to see. That's that's one of the things that I want to see in this matchup. Yeah, just something to keep in mind. But uh, a couple of ma- a couple of other matchups we want to look at. The first, the Rams uh, versus the Arizona pass defense. So we we know Stafford and Cup as automatic as it gets. It seems like Cooper Cup is probably on pace to even better. <laughs> I know it's been two games, but he's probably on pace to be better than what he was last year. I think he's on pace for over two hundred <laughs> for for over two thousand yards. <laughs> and it, it, I don't know. It, it's the relationship that Stafford and Cup have developed and they've continued to maintain and the fact that he's always open. He's always schemed open no matter what. No matter what, the defense should know by now or they know they know by now that Cooper Cup is the primary target, the primary read on every pass play and they can't seem to stop him. But, you know, in, in Arizona, they're probably not going to come close to stopping him. They, they allow the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. And they and they allow the highest catch rate and fourth most in receptions, and so they're they're in for a long long day <laughs> against that passing attack. <laughs> and Allen Robinson, who just who just resurrected and came back to life, is going to have something to say about that too. So, good luck Arizona stopping the Rams passing attack. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, let's get the Thursday night football. Uh, I know we got the the Browns versus Steelers divisional matchup. Another game that that. I is gonna we know it's gonna be a drag. It's just like the Packers and Bears game, game that you really don't want to see on primetime, but because of the history, they're gonna have to show uh, show at least one of them. So uh, right now, this total game total is forty and a half, which so they're not expecting too much scoring. Uh, they have Cleveland favored with uh, uh, three and a half point favorites in this game. Um, in terms of what I expect to see from uh, from a fantasy perspective. I don't expect too much from the Steelers outside of, you know, Deontay getting some receptions because, I mean, we saw the Jets get worked. Yeah. I mean, we saw the, the Jets work work that Browns defense. So I, I, I hope that we see Deontay get some work done. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not really too confident in anybody else. I don't think – I don't think Najee's going to really do anything. We haven't We haven't seen him do anything this year really. I mean, he's – the the offensive line is god awful. There, he's had twenty five carries for seventy two rush yards in two games. Really, the only thing that's really saved him is the the receptions. 
outside of that, he he's almost he's he would be almost borderline not startable. It's just you draft him in the first round, you expect you want to start your studs. So, I mean, you're gonna have to start him, but I, I don't feel good about it. Uh, and then you know, Miles Garrett is is questionable, uh, but he, if he is playing, then again, um, you're gonna start Najee, but it's not, it's not gonna be good. Then we know on the Brown side, again, you know, you know, Jacoby Brisket is not really that good at football. He <laughs> did go against the he did go against the Jets. The Jets secondary is not that good, uh, but we know the Steelers are better. And this is again, like I said, this is a rivalry matchup, so we expect them to run the ball a lot. Uh, so you're gonna start Chubb. You're gonna start Cooper. Um, maybe you start Nujoku, um, and maybe you start nah, Hunt. Start him. He's, he's, <laughs> Nujoku's not startable. He's on the field a lot, but he's he's not getting yeah, opportunity. So he, yeah. he's probably not startable, and he's borderline droppable. Borderline well, droppable. the only reason why I say that he's startable because uh, it doesn't look like it doesn't seem like Harrison Bryant is going to start or not going to be available in this game. But uh, again, you are right. He is playing over eighty percent of, of the the routes ran, which is what you want to see, but. He's not getting any tar- he's not getting any looks. So so yeah, Ike is right. I would only start him if you're desperate, but I wouldn't start him in regular circumstances. Do you have anything to add to this game? Um it's not really too much to really talk about here. It's not a good matchup. I'm, curi- I'm curious to see what happens with um with with how Mitchell Trubisky plays, because I, I know Mike Tomlin I think expressed a vote of confidence earlier today, but he has not played well. They're the Steelers are 0-2. And actually, no, they're not only two. They're one and one. They beat the Bengals. Uh, but Trubisky has not looked that great. And there's there's going to be some callings for uh, Kenny Pickett here in a little bit if, if Mitchell Trubisky doesn't pick it up because that offense is not has not really been moved, really been moving uh, as well as they would like, especially with all those weapons with Najee, with Deontay Johnson, with Claypool and, and George Pickens, who's been basically invisible through the first couple of weeks of the season. So I, I think that's one thing that's one thing to, to, to kind of look for in this game. What are we going to get out of Mitchell Trubisky? We, we kind of know what the Browns are, like you mentioned, Nick Chubb. They're going to run through Nick Chubb. Amari um, Cooper had a, 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 you know, a really good game for the Browns. Nine catches, 101 yards and a touchdown. So he's, seen, he's seemingly going to be the focal point of the offense. Donovan Peoples-Jones is probably not going to be as fantasy relevant as we, we thought. No. Yeah, a big fat goose egg. <laughs> After 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 leading the team in targets and air yards and, and yards, and so um, but yeah, it's it's relatively simple for the Browns. But I I kind of want to see what happens with Trubisky and, and that passing attack. Yeah, uh, just yeah, I I don't have any confidence. And remember, he was talking about oh, we need to open up the offense. We need to look downfield, bro. You're the quarterback. Yeah, and you're the one that's not looking down the field. <laughs> <laughs> so come on, man. This is the we're week three, man. You got weapons. Try try something. Do something for us, man. Yeah. All right. So the next segment we're gonna get into is just a couple of narratives and storylines to kind of look forward, look towards uh for the coming week. You know, it, it could be uh certain players, it can be certain games that we really want to see. But the first one I want to touch on, I think it's pretty obvious. What is the Miami Dolphins? Or what are the, what are the Miami Miami Dolphins going to do for an encore against the Bills? Because that's going to be the, the probably the game of the week. High over under at fifty three and a half. 
So are 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 the Dolphins going to prove that that they're for real, or are the Bills just going to shut them down and continue to steamroll their steamroll their way through any opponent that steps that steps foot in their direction? So that's what I'm curious about: is you know Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are they going to get loose on that Buffalo secondary? That's kind of what I want to see. What about you, Gene? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, like you said, even seen on the opposite side, the Bills, is is Gabe Davis going to be back? If he's not back, are we going to see uh, Stephon Diggs go go nuclear versus this Dolphins defense? I know they like to play man a lot. So yeah. are, are we going to see him matched up one-on-one? Are they going to try to double him? It'll be interesting to see see how these, these offenses operate against these defenses for sure. Uh, but one thing I'm looking forward to or looking towards is Justin Herbert's ribs. I know we saw him get hurt towards the end of that game on on Thursday night. So it'd be interesting after after him not playing for for ten days, resting up for ten days, to see you know how healthy he is and how the offense is going to look this weekend. So that's one thing I'm looking looking towards. And then we also need to keep our eye on the Bengals' offense. The Bengals' offense against the Jets, Joe Burrow, and that and that offensive line. That offensive line for the Bengals has has not been good, even though they invested you know heavily this off season. In that offensive line, they're just not playing well. Burrow has been sacked 13 times in two games. Took another six sacks against our Cowboys, which I was, you know, I wasn't all that surprised by because the Cowboys, you know, led by Micah Parsons, who's probably going to be the, the the defensive player of the year this year. I'm calling it now. I know it's week three, but he's probably going to be the defensive player of the year. He just can't be blocked. He can't be stopped. He was scared. He was out there scaring Lyle Collins in the fall starts. <laughs> I saw uh, maybe two or three false starts on Lyle Collins. But, yeah, um, you know, the Bengals offense and how that offensive line fares against the Jets. And it should be an easier game for them, but who knows? I mean, I know last year they played against the Jets and they lost. They lost at New York you know, with, you know, the Mike White experience throwing for over 400-plus yards in his first NFL start. So, um, but another thing I want to see in that game is the, you know, the wide receiver target distribution between – uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, because they've been on the field. They they were they've been on the field. Uh, I think there was a there was a there was a post that I saw. They've been on the field together for like four hundred and eighty plus routes. You know, T. Higgins has out targeted Jamar Chase and outscored him in PPR points on all the time that they've been healthy on the field together. And then their first their first game healthy together, T. Higgins out out targeted Jamar Chase ten to nine. So that's just yeah. something to watch moving forward, especially if T. Higgins stays healthy. Is he going to out-target Jamar Chase? Is he going to outproduce Jamar Chase? So far, since they've been on the field together and healthy, T. Higgins has out-targeted and outproduced Jamar Chase. I mean, that's just and, – and we know how awesome Jamar Chase is and how awesome of a year he had last year. But T. Higgins was kind of in and out, and especially the early part of the season. But when they were on the, on the field together, it was T. Higgins – over chase so that's just something to monitor something to look 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 towards yeah and the last one i want to you know take a look at is uh can deandre swift continue the efficiency with the you know with the lack of touches per se that he's receiving uh, per pff he has scored 20 fantasy points over expected based on the touches that he's he's had um we, which is only second to, to step on digs right now uh, who has who's over over expected fantasy points thirty five and a half points, 
again, this week, I think we saw him only have 10 touches, but I mean, you saw what he did with the 10 touches when he was quote unquote limited, uh, supposed to be limited with the, with the ankle injury. So it's, it's a dangerous game, man. Like we know how he elite, we want him to be and how elite he is, but I just don't like the fact that he only, he only played on 50, 51% of the snaps, man. And out of that, he only had 10 touches. So just, it's interesting, man. It's interesting, but you're still going to start him because you, you drafted him in the first or second round. Uh, it's just, I just want to see more touches from him. So let's just see what, how, how he's handled this week, especially with a game that we've already highlighted already with, with the high over under total, uh, 53 and a half versus the Vikings. And just real quick, like he's, he was, he was kind of, you know, banged up with his, with his ankle injury. And he's, he, again, he made the most of his touches. That yeah. one catch where he, he, he fell on the ground, got up, shook two defenders and took it for like, it, that was, that was nasty. I was like, wow. It was. I, I, I literally jumped out of my couch. I was like, no way he just fucking did that. Bro, bro. He's, <laughs> like, no he's, disgu- he's that. disgusting when, when he, when he has to make a move to get the, to get loose. Boy. It's it, yeah. it's a, it's definitely a sight to see, man. But again, we know how elite he can be. Just I just want to see the touches, man. They that staff really likes Jamal Williams, especially in that red, in the, uh, when they get the close line. to the goal line, man. Yeah, that's the only thing. That's the only thing. Only thing that's holding him back really is those goal line touches. All right, so now let's get to the next segment, the last segment of the show, where we talk about bold predictions and our prize picks plays. What we talked about from the previous week, I. Last week, I touched on Allen Robinson to finish top 12. He finished a wide receiver 23. So at least we know he's alive now. Um, he, he, he's, he, he, he got woken up. They said they were going to try to get him the ball. They, they did that. But still, you know, Cooper Cup is, is, is the alpha in that offense. And then I know last week, you said Gerald Everett was going to finish in the top five. And he actually finished eight, uh, tight end eight. So it would have been close, but we saw – we saw, you know, we saw uh, Dallas Goddard get loose. We saw uh, who else got loose uh, late in late in Sunday. There was a few guys that got loose late that that knocked them out of that Ar- that top Ar- five. Irv Smith, Dallas, yeah. uh, Irv Smith, uh, Mike Gesicki, and also yeah. but keep it but keep in mind he was he was one point two points away from being in the top five. Yeah, but it was just another catch, and he probably would have got that other catch if he wasn't so tired or Justin Herbert threw him a better oh, ball yeah, the line. So that probably would have been it right there. Uh, yep. For you know, he would have d- definitely been in, at least in the top, top three, top four for sure. Yeah. So just just barely missed the Gerald everyone. Just barely missed you, the Gerald. Yeah. Everyone. All right. So my bold prediction for week three is Rashad Bateman will finish outside the top twenty four. So the reason why I said this is again going back to uh, where I where I talked about DeAndre Swift in terms of producing over over expectation for Rashad Bateman. He's scored thirteen and a half. Fantasy points over expectation just based on the touches he's had. Six receptions, two touchdowns on 12 targets. He's ran 72% of the routes uh, possible for the for the uh, Ravens, which is, you know, a little lower for somebody that's the number one in a wide receiver group. We want to see him around the 80 to 85 mark. Then, you know, he can potentially, you know, produce at an elite level. And he's only had a 21% target share. So, again, this is another player that's been hyper-efficient. And I think he has to regress. And I think, you know, playing against the Patriots, I think they'll be able to key in on him and um, he won't finish in the top 24. All right. Well, I, I, I respect the case that you make for him. And you, you know, <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But I, I, I definitely it's 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 one thing to monitor is can he continue to be efficient? 
you know, that, that, that remains to be seen. But my bold prediction for week three is that Elijah Moore has over 100 yards and a touchdown and finishes the top 12 wide receiver. Now, we talked about him earlier because of how much he's been on the field. And that's basically it for me. How much he's on the field, he's running more routes, he's, he's, get, he's playing more snaps than all the other receivers um, on the Jets. And again, we saw what he did last year. He's, you know, catching passes from four different receivers, averaging at least 17 or 18 PPR points um, per game. Um, and he wasn't even playing that many snaps last year. But now he's playing the full complement of snaps. So now he just he just needs to add the production to that. And I think this is one of those boom weeks, especially when they're they're going to be underdogs again. They're going to be trailing and the Jets are running more plays. They're running more pass plays. So they're going to be throwing it all over the yard. And I think Elijah Moore will finally start to get in on some of those some of those targets that Joe Flacco's throwing. So I think he finishes as a top 12 wide receiver, goes over 100 yards and has a touchdown. Okay, I like I like that one, man. I like that one a lot. All right, and then lastly, let's you know let's go back and um, talk about our prize picks plays from the previous week. Oof. For me, <laughs> I know we both went wolf for two. Yeah. <laughs> wolf for two, yeah. Uh, I had Darren Waller to go over fifty and a half uh, pass receiving yards, and he missed it by point five. This guy only played four snaps out of possible fifteen tight end snaps between the fourth quarter and overtime. I don't know what why that was i don't again another reason we talked why they about lost. another reason why they lost man just playing not to not to win man playing not to lose or to win in this case so <laughs> right um, <laughs> and also i also had a uh, javante williams to go 20 and a half receiving yards russ wilson just didn't throw to the running backs this week man he he, he caught one pass for 10 yards and that was it and especially after jerry judy got hurt he still didn't throw to him he's throwing to these the fourth tight end, you know, the fifth tight end, just uh, the they don't have, wide receiver. Just, yeah, they they don't have any wide receiver depth outside of uh, behind Jerry Judy, really. I mean, KJ Hamler was hurt. You know, Tim Patrick tore his ACL in the preseason. Yeah, and Ken, what do they have? Kendall Hinton is he? I don't know yeah. if he's healthy. Yeah, so they don't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> so that that this is this was all the more puzzling to me as well. Russell Wilson, like we said from the outset, has looked like looked like shit. Fourteen to thirty-one against the Texans, yuck. Yeah, but I, um, but but my picks, I was over two as well. I was short by I had Saquon Barkley over. I think what was it, seventy-four and a half yards? Mm-hmm. It 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 went up to seventy-four and a half, but earlier in this earlier in the week it was seventy, 70 or yep. seventy and a half, and he yep. finished seventy-two. So I probably would have hit it if I had got it earlier, but you know. That such is life. And then I had Christian McCaffrey over over receiving yard. I think it was like 41 and a half or 40 and a half. I see why that number was low now because it was Baker Mayfield's fault. And he's holding that he's holding that offense back. We thought it would be better overall from, you know, especially when it pertains to DJ Moore. And Christian McCaffrey was just it doesn't matter who the quarterback was. He was going to produce. But even Baker Mayfield can ruin Christian McCaffrey. Even Baker Mayfield could ruin DJ Moore. And this this offense in Carolina is very very concerning. Yeah, it's it's dreadful, man. It it is dreadful to watch. They 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 play slow. Baker Mayfield is 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 grading low, significantly lower as a passer. A lot of a a lot of the efficiency metrics that matter. Baker Mayfield is near near the bottom, and that's not good for DJ. Not good news for DJ Moore. So I I am uh, I am definitely worried about that offense. 
Uh, do you have anything to to add before we get up out of here? No, appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, just you know, we just please tap into all the content that we have. We had we had the we had the TL show going on uh, earlier today. It streamed earlier today. The new debut the, the debut from Troy King and LQ on uh, Ray GQ's channel. Check that out every Tuesday every Tuesday evening from seven to eight p.m. Really really dope content. And also check out our our check out everything on the podcast feed that we have. Check out you know check out our pod. Uh, check out the Forty Chess guys. Check out America's Game Pod, and then uh, subscribe to the newsletter that drops every Friday at seven oh one a.m. You know, like, subscribe, rate, and review, and just continue to c- continue to check us out. We're going to be turning out content all season long. Yeah, man. Um, and also, you know, check out for our prize picks plays at towards the end of the week or getting close to the game time. Hopefully, we'll 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 be better. That was you know knocking the rust off to go wolf uh, for two, both of us. So. Hopefully we'll do much, much better this coming week. So on that note, y'all be safe. Get y'all rosters together to get ready for this week three, man. Y'all peace out. Peace.